Welcome back to the Woman of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to chat all things Marvel and more. This is Judy Stevens. And this is Sana Amanath. So hopefully everyone enjoyed uh, last week's podcast, where we had Christian Ritter and Melissa Rosenberg from Marvel's Marvel's Jessica Jessica Jones. Jones. Ooh, nicely done. We did that really well, yeah. (laughs) We've got a part two this week. We have Carrie Ann Moss and Rachel Taylor. As someone who grew up with Carrie Ann Moss on the big screen, I would like to say that I definitely fangirled, but internally. Good, good. We need to keep it professional. Yeah, but it was, she's so magical. She really is. I love all of those ladies. I think they're all so pretty. Is that, no? Am I I diminishing them by saying, I mean, I think they're amazing actresses, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) They're so pretty. I feel like the theme that I talked to a lot of them about it was like how when season one came out of Jessica Jones, we didn't know that we needed it. Mm -hmm. And then it was like a smack in the face. And now in this moment of time, we need even more of it. Right. Before we dive into the the interviews, I was able to go to the Jessica Jones premiere and I was hanging out and suddenly this thing started poking me from behind and I was like, oh my God, what? And I turned around and behind me is Terry Chen, who plays Price Chang on Jessica Jones. (laughs) And I was like, what the? And he's like, oh, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. He's like, it was this tree. And there was a tree. (laughs) That was poking me in the back, and I felt like an idiot, and he was super awesome in Jessica Jones, and he's also very attractive, so I got nervous, and I was like, oh, Terry, I was like, oh, you're so, oh, you were so good in that, and (laughs) congratulations, and also, like, I totally believed you that Jessica Jones beat you up, and I was like, but, 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 I mean, not because you look weak, because you have a lot of muscles. <laughs> and it just went downhill very quickly. But it was a fun event, fun party. <laughs> the end. I feel like on that note, let's roll over to this interview that I did with Carrie Ann Moss and Rachel Taylor. It's a great intro. Hello, everyone. It is Judy Stevens here from The Women of Marvel. And I'm very excited because I have more amazing ladies from Jessica Jones. Please, ladies, introduce yourselves. I am Rachel Taylor. Hi, I play Trish Walker on Marvel's Jessica Jones. And I'm Carrie Ann Moss, and I play Jerry Hogarth on Jessica Jones. Now we're at three years of you guys sort of being a part of this weird world. What was it like stepping back onto the Jessica Jones set? Well, you know, I I think there was like a lot of appetite on our part because obviously we had kind of a long time between season one and season two because we went off to shoot The Defenders, which was great. But, you know, of course, like we're massive fans of the Jessica Jones world. And we were really keen to find out what Melissa Rosenberg, who is the show creator and the writer of Jessica Jones, was going to do with all of our characters in season two because obviously at the end of season one we left it in such a thrilling, dynamic place and all of the characters were so transformed and so changed. Um, So we're all talking to each other about what she might be cooking up for us. So, yeah, we were excited to get back to Jessica Jones land. And also, I mean, both of you guys were part of the different spectrums. Like, you've been in Daredevil, and both of you were in Defenders. Like, how are those sets so different from the Jessica Jones? Obviously, they might not be as dark. Well, each show has a different showrunner. And so that palette, whatever that vision for that showrunner, is so unique to that show. So I always feel like when I step into another show, I really am stepping into another universe. And bringing Jerry Hogarth there, but serving that showrunner. When I've done it, it, it's not really exploring more layers of character. It's more really serving that particular show. 
And Jerry has had a wild ride in season one and then continuing to sort of be the lawyer for the Netflix world. As someone who is part of the LGBT community, when we first got announced that Jerry was going to be a lesbian, I thought that was sort of an amazing experience. But it's important that she's lesbian, but you're not smacking people in the face with it. It's just a part of her character. Yeah. I mean, when they first pitched how they were going to go about it, I was like, yeah, so a human being, (laughs) right? (laughs) Okay. You you never want to play the idea of anything, right? You want to find the layers of the human being that you're playing, which is not always easy to do. It's so often in the writing. Um, I think second season, I get a real opportunity to go deeper into who she is. Right. You know, I I think season two for all of the characters is just a dive into deeper, darker personal histories and also personal traumas for all of the characters. You know, it's really like an onion. We get to peel back the layers to each of the characters in Jessica Jones in season two in a way that, you know, we hinted at it in season one, but we didn't really get to dig as deep as we get to go in season two. And that's exciting, you know, because obviously the character that um, Melissa's created, Trish Walker, has such a rich backstory. I mean, she's like given a wink to the Patsy Walker comic book by creating this history of her being a child star, which I think is so inventive and creative. Because if you've read the Patsy Walker comic books, they're really... They're really sweet. They're kind of romantic. They're cute, you know. You can totally see that material lending itself to like a tween Disney child's television program. Yeah, and I love the scenes of you and Kristen together, and I think there's even more in season two of sort of the relationships of you guys almost being sisters. Right. You know, one of my favourite parts of the show is the depiction of female friendship between Jess and Trish. And I love that we put a version of female friendship on the screen that's, you know, not perfectly perfect all the time. It's not a sanitised version of, of a relationship between two women. They are not not always on the same page. They don't always get along. There are shades of jealousy and competition and, you know, to varying degrees, each of them kind of covet what the other one has. It's a really f- full portrayal of what female relationships are like. And I think you see the same with Jessica and Jerry Hogarth, they're quite isolated women, but yet their relationship is just so fascinating in the ways that they're similar and different. It's my favourite part of the show, the way female relationships are portrayed. And also as a woman viewer, seeing so many women on screen, you know, like I was at the carpet and I watched woman after woman walk the carpet and just the way you guys all interacted, it was just, it's amazing for all of our young fans out there who now have this experience to have female characters out there. I was reflecting on that the other day, actually, that people always ask me if I was like a comic book fan growing up. And to be really honest, I wasn't, but because I didn't have a show like Jessica Jones to really serve up this layered, complicated, empowered, conflicted, messy, imperfect um, female character to be the kind of gateway into the comic book world. I feel like if I'd had that woman on screen as a teenager, I would have instantly gravitated towards it and I would have loved it. And I'm so proud that we're a show that is part of starting to finally see more gender balance on screen. Yeah. I also talked to Kristen a little bit about fashion and design. So obviously Jessica wears her leather jacket and her jeans, but the two of you have such unique and important pieces of clothing on the show. Like what has it been like to sort of come into the character and obviously Jerry wears these amazing outfits. Yeah, it's really important for that. You know, I think for her, it's so much about the hair and the 
and the clothes give so much of her armor the way that she presents herself to the world. Yeah. And obviously, you know, you're a radio correspondent on the show, but you've got so many good outfits. But you but you still have amazing outfits. Well, I mean, if you think about it, Trish has been famous since she was like eight years old. So I think she's quite aware of how people see her and and she has a certain kind of polish. But one thing I think is kind of interesting is, you know, Jessica is a character that is so defined. It's so clear how she wears that jacket. And and Jerry too, like she very much dresses in this sort of sense of armour. It's a very powerful kind of sophisticated palette that we see Jerry Hogarth in. But what I love about playing Trish and I think what we see more of in season two is she's a woman that's struggling with self-definition. And identity for Trish is something that's changing. You know, she wants to be more than what she is. She wants to transform. And the way her wardrobe kind of actually moves around a little bit, she doesn't have like a set specific Trish style because she is finding a new way to kind of try and declare herself and try and define herself. Because season two is about her, you know, she goes through so much change but obviously, you know, Liz Vastola, who is our costume designer in season two, just did like an incredible job at playing all of the different shades that Trish has. You know, I've talked to the previous costume designer, Stephanie Masalansky, about She's sort awesome. of the family that you guys are on set. You all seem like you have great fun on set. Yeah, it's always like that, by the way. I mean, it's kind of like what we do for work is we create family wherever we go so that we feel connected to the piece and so we can do the work that we do. I mean, especially, you know, Jessica Jones is quite a dark world to inhabit. You know, it really is. We we touch on some really difficult subject matters. And I think when you can create an environment that feels warm and safe, you feel supported to be able to go to some of the darker places that you have to go to. Well, one last question for the both of you. On The Women of Marvel, we like to ask sort of advice for people out there who may want to do what you guys are doing. I mean, what I try to tell my kids is to look at what you love and what you love doing and that in there lies your purpose in life. Trying to do something you think you should do or you're doing it for your parents or you're doing it because you think it's going to make you money or you think that's what you should do is not the right way. So if you really love something, then you'll find the way. It's not to say that you won't have roadblocks, but you'll be able to like, overcome them because you'll be so aligned with your purpose. God, how do I follow up after that? Uh, You know, one of the things I've been reflecting on lately is being open to change. You know, you have these exposing moments. If you're doing the wrong thing, you lose energy for it. It's almost like you can't keep it up. You can do it for like a little bit, but then suddenly there's like a drop off if you're not really tapped into your purpose or your passion. But for me, you know, I've been an actor since I was 16 or 17, I have to keep finding new ways to engage in it and be open to change. And, you know, expectation is a very dangerous, dangerous thing, I think, professionally. If you, you know, set yourself up for things to look one way, you're only setting yourself up for disappointment. But in terms of being an actor as a profession, you know, you have to be really resilient and be able to get knocked down and get back up. But I will also say, and people hate when I say this, but I believe that it's true, is that you have to work hard and you have to be prepared, but a couple times you have to be lucky. And that's hard. It's hard to have to accept that that's a piece of it for me. You know, I have a lot of friends that are 
phenomenally talented and they're not working. And that's when I go, thank you. I've been lucky. I'm lucky to be here. I also work my butt off and I also have met the luck with preparation every time it's kind of come to me. But yet there's been moments where I've, I've really been taken care of by something outside myself and I have to give some gratitude for that. Well, that was both amazing advice. That was great. I'm so excited to talk to you guys. This was phenomenal. So thank you so much for joining us. Everyone at home, make sure you tune in to Marvel's Jessica Jones Season 2, now on Netflix. Well, hopefully my interview held up to Sana's tree story. It didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was just a magical experience. Who would have thought that 14-year-old Judy would be like talking to Carrie Ann Moss? And adult Judy is also excited for uh, season two of Marvel's Jessica Jones is streaming now on Netflix. Make sure you go binge all 13 episodes of amazingness. Yes. Thanks for joining us. As always. As always, this is Marvel, your universe. 